first of all, we're starting a new uh, adult teaching series on October 12th. That is two weeks from today. We're going to be spending three weeks in Micah 6.8, looking at um, kind of these three different parts that you see here uh, of that verse and finding, d- discussing um, ways that, that we can join God in his mission along these three lines. And so I want to invite you to, to be a part of that. And then the second thing that I wanted to point your attention to is that today at 1215, we are having a welcome reception for Cody and Mandy Franklin. And I want to invite you to uh, join us in the Cook Building for that. There will be snacks and refreshments and, and so forth. And just come and say hi and, and, uh, and spend some time together today. But uh, I wanted to just open today by, by letting you guys know, this week, um, I am just really overwhelmed with, with God's goodness to me, specifically in his goodness to me as it pertains to Skillman. Um, I'm, I'm now, I guess, 15 months into this position, and every single day and every single week and every single month that goes by I am just more and more grateful for you guys. Um, I'm blessed. I, I feel just completely overwhelmed with God's goodness that at the at the opportunity I have to be pastor here, and I consider you guys my friends. I ask you to uh, continue to be patient with me and and put up with me as as uh, I'm figuring all of this out. I still feel like the shoes I wear are way too big, um, so pray for me as well, and uh, I pray for you guys. I, I, and uh, just want to want to share that with you today before we get started. But uh, lately, Lexi and I have been uh, kind of talking, and some some of you guys have have know this because I've asked you to pray about it. But we've been talking about possibly moving down really close to this area of town, even though we just bought our house last year. And uh, on Tuesday night, while Lexi was at women's Bible study. I spent over five hours doing research on like how in the world uh, we can make that happen. And then on Thursday night, Lexi and I were having a conversation, and she, you know, because she's so sweet and gentle, said it so graciously, but she's like, every conversation you have this week with me and the ones you tell me about with others is about this stupid housing stuff. And in an instant, the Holy Spirit, in the way he does, you know, not condemning, but just kind of, hey, revealed to me that my heart and my, my hope was becoming tied up in having a different box with a different roof, you know? And there's nothing wrong with wanting to live in this area. It'd be great to be closer, but it's a problem when my heart and my, my hope becomes tied to something so temporary and transient. But what I was reminded this week, and, and it played out in other ways, and I'm not going to share those because I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't have time and, and, and that's okay, but, but what I was reminded again and again this week is that I have an insatiable desire for blessing. I have an insatiable desire for blessing. And my guess and, and my, my experience in life is that blessing is something that every single one of us desires. We desire blessing. Kids want toys and candy, and they want their parents to look at them and play with them and approve them, approve of them. 
I mean, the most famous words that you hear on every playground, look at me. (laughs) And adults want blessing too. We don't want candy and toys. We want better jobs and nicer cars. And we want the affection and affirmation of our significant other or our friends and our family. We all desire blessings, but oftentimes those blessings rarely satisfy us. And so we're left on an endless chase for more. But what if we could desire blessings without having to constantly chase more? What if God provided us a way to desire blessings where we can find joy in the midst of our longing and our blessings would actually fulfill their greatest potential? In order for this to happen, in order for us to be able to still desire blessings, but to do so in a way where we are content in the midst of it and where our blessings are reaching their fullest potential, we have to understand the purpose of our blessings. Why does God give them to us? What is the purpose of God's blessings in our lives? That's what we're going to talk about today. Turn to Psalm 67 with me. Psalm 67, if you need a Bible, there's a blue one there in front of you. And as we look at Psalm 67 today, we're going to discover the purpose of our blessings. The reason why God gives us the things that he does. And we'll talk about how God wants us to respond to that as well. To, to respond to what he, what he blesses us with. So I want to pray for our time and then we'll uh, jump in. Uh, jump into this text together. So let's pray. God, I, I thank you for the, the chance that we have yet again today to be here, that you've brought us here to worship you and to hear from you. I thank you for the incredible privilege that you allow me to, to share from your word. And I ask that you would guide my tongue and you would guide my mind and that you would give us all myself included, hearts that are open, that are willing to listen, and, and, and also hearts that are, that are willing to obey what you show us today. We need to be with you today, and you've promised that when two or, three, when two or more are gathered, you are with us, and so we know that you're here. We invite you to have your way with our time. We don't want to leave here accomplishing our agenda. We ask that your purposes for this morning would prevail. So guide us for the next few minutes. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and read Psalm 67. It says in verse 1, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on, on earth and your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. You can take a seat. 
So in this passage, we're, we're talking about the purpose for God's blessings. But before we can get there, we need to understand what God's blessings are. According to this passage, what is a blessing? Well, in verse 1, I believe it reveals that, that there are really three types of blessings. In, in this passage, it, it talks about three types of blessings. First of all, God's grace is a blessing, His grace. The psalmist begins this, this, this uh, prayer, this, this psalm, by asking, May God be gracious to us. What is he asking? He is asking that God would give them things that they do not deserve. That is the definition of grace. Getting what we don't deserve. And and so what we begin to see is that some of God's blessings are spiritual. Some of God's blessings are spiritual. And those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, we have experienced spiritual blessings in an incredible way. It says that we have inherited everything, that we are co-heirs with Christ. But here's a few examples of ways that we've been spiritually blessed. First of all, we've been forgiven of our sins. The debt that we owe God has been canceled because of Christ. Secondly, we've been accepted and reconciled to the perfect holy God of everything. Let that sink in for a second. We have fellowship with a righteous holy God. Complete access. And then on top of that, according to the scriptures, we already, like right now, possess eternal life if we're in Christ. It is already ours. Whether we, We're not in the point where we're, we're reaping all of those benefits to their fullest potential, but it is already ours. It is in our possession. Those are just some of the spiritual blessings that we've, we've received. So first of all, God's grace is a blessing. The second thing I believe we see here is that God's provision is a blessing. God's provision. The psalmist says, may God be gracious to us and bless us. And then to, to really understand where, where he's going with this, I think we've got to jump down to verse 6. And he kind of talks about how God has already blessed us. He says, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. So basically what he's saying is God has already caused us to bear fruit and he shall bless us. And so the way that I, I think we can properly read that is God's yielding increase, the fruit that is born, is one of the ways that he blesses us. And so this is talking about physical Blessings. So God's blessings are spiritual, but they are also physical. The food that you and I eat, that we're about to enjoy here in a little bit, the job that we work to be able to pay for the food that we eat, even the abilities and the energy that God gives us to work the jobs that pay for the food that sustain us is all a gift from God's hand. You and I don't produce what we eat. That is a produ- it is produced by God. He's the one who keeps this whole thing working. You and I don't cause rain to fall from the heavens. You can bang your stick on the ground and do a dance around a fire, and it ain't going to happen. God's provision is the second way that he blesses us. Finally, according to this passage, I would say that God's 
presence is a blessing. So God's presence is a blessing. At the end of verse 1, he says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And the, the verse that we read, that Josiah read for us, which is where this blessing, the, the language of this psalm comes directly from that Numbers passage, it also says, May the light of his countenance be upon us. The request is for God to come and be with his people, to, re, to be with them in such a way where they see and experience all of his splendor and all of his glory. And so blessings are physical, they are spiritual, and they are also relational. God's greatest gift to us isn't his stuff. God's greatest gift to us isn't even his grace. God's greatest gift to us is himself, is God himself. Listen to this quote I came across this week from A.A. Anderson. It says, in a sense, God's blessing was not an independent force, but rather the active help of God himself, so that one could not have the blessing without the giver. You know what the message of the gospel is? The message of the gospel is not just forgiveness in Christ. The message of the gospel is not just eternal life. The message of the gospel at its core is that because of Jesus, because of what he's done on the cross for you and for me, because of his resurrection, his triumph over, life, over death, is that you and I get God. God is the treasure of the gospel, not eternal life, not forgiveness, God himself is the true treasure. And that's what he longs for us to know and experience, and he longs for our hearts to be defined by him. So God's grace, his provision, and his presence, those are the, all, the three types of blessings that I see in this passage. But what is the purpose of these things? Why does God give us these? What does he give us these for? Jump down to verses three through five with me. He starts with this, with this refrain. Notice verse 3 and verse 5 are the exact same verse. He says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse 4, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. And then back to the same thing in verse 3 and verse 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So you can view this as a sandwich. You've got your top bun and your bottom bun, let the peoples praise you, let all the peoples praise you, and the meat, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. What we see here is that God's purpose for his blessings is the gladness and joy of the nations. The gladness and joy of the nations. But notice the, the buns define how that gladness and joy is experienced in praising God. So we, experiencing we experience gladness, we experience joy in God himself. And that is why his presence is the greatest blessing of all. So God doesn't bless us with his grace, his stuff, and his presence so that we will stop at enjoying these gifts. God blesses us so that we will enjoy him. God blesses us so that we will enjoy him. That's the first purpose for his blessings. 
not just for us to enjoy the blessings, but to enjoy the one who gives them, the source of the blessings. The reason why you and I chase more is because we think that our blessings are given to us to simply enjoy the blessings. It's when we don't know or we forget that we were never supposed to stop at enjoying the blessings, but to continue on to enjoying the one who blesses, God himself. The only way you and I can exit the treadmill, the hamster wheel, however you want to look at it, of unfulfilled desires is when we realize that our desires are stronger than for blessings. Our desires put there by God himself are for God. Our desires are for him. God blesses us so that we will enjoy him. But that's not all. Look at verse 2 with me. In verse 2, he gives us the second purpose. He says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That's the request. Why? Or what? For what? So that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. So the psalmist seeks for blessings so that God's way, the knowledge of God as creator and sustainer and redeemer, would be known on the earth. And then, secondly, he prays for blessings so that God's saving power would be seen and experienced among the nations. Jump down to verse 7 with me. This is the very last line. He says, God shall bless us, let all the ends of the earth fear him. Two weeks ago, when we were in Genesis 12, we read about how God promised to bless Abram so that in him, and he said, in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And we talked about how God's desire, his plan, his mission, is for people from every single people group on this globe to come to know and worship him. If that's God's mission, Catch this. Wouldn't it make sense for all of the blessings that he gives us to fall under the umbrella of that mission and for God's blessings to serve the purpose of people from all nations being saved? The second reason why God blesses us is so that people from all nations will be saved. The blessings that you and I have are given to us for this purpose, for the nations. We are not the final destination. Think about it this way. They are God's blessings that he has entrusted to me and to you for his purposes. One of the things that's just fundamental ground level understanding of basic discipleship, especially when it comes to viewing your finances, is that everything belongs to God. Everything we have, everything we are belongs to God. And so the blessings that God gives to us are never intended to stop with us. One way I would think of it is, is, is if you think, view blessings as water, we are supposed to be pipes or pipelines sending that blessing on, not puddles that just collect it and stagnate and evaporate. Every dollar in my bank account, every dollar in all of our pockets in our bank accounts, Everything that we possess in our houses, our cars, everything we possess, every chapter 
of the story of God's redemption in our lives and every experience of sweet, deep communion with God is given to us so that people from all nations will be saved. The question is, what are we doing with our blessings? How are we stewarding all of the blessings God has given us to join God in his mission to make worshipers of all nations? That is the question. Go home today. Talk about that at the dinner table with your family. I promise that you'll get some mileage out of that discussion. Think about that this week. What am I doing with all that God has given me so that people on the other side of the world might come to know and worship God and experience all the joy in him that I have experienced? God blesses us so people from all nations will be saved. So God's grace, God's provision, and God's presence are are how we see his blessings defined here. And God blesses us, first of all, so that we will enjoy him, And second of all, so that we will use our blessings so people from all nations will be saved. How does God want us to respond to these truths? What does he want us to do with this? First of all, this is very simple. It's straight out of the first purpose. Enjoy God. Enjoy God. But how do we do that? The way that I believe we do that is when we are experiencing God's blessings, in the middle of experiencing and, and enjoying his blessings, let's learn and, and train our hearts and train our minds to not think, wow, this steak is awesome, but to think, wow, God created this medium-rare bone-in ribeye that is ripping me apart with joy. When we're drinking a nice glass of Pinot Noir or grape juice or whatever fits your convictions and that dances on your taste buds remember that your taste buds aren't awesome god gave you the taste buds he is awesome when god gives us a second chance in a relationship whenever a friend that you've wronged forgives you when your spouse after you've hurt her or hurt him in the same way for the thousandth time comes to you and says, I forgive you. Remember that that grace and that forgiveness in their heart is sourced in a God who forgives us in an ultimate sense. They would never be able to do that apart from him. Friends, learning to do this, enjoy God instead of just his stuff, is the secret to escaping the eternal chase for more. It is the way we learn how to wield our desire for blessings in a way that satisfies us and pleases God. So let's not stop at enjoying God's gifts. Let's enjoy Him. Okay, the second thing I believe that God calls us to do is to thank Him. And this is kind of mixed up in the first one. Enjoying God and thanking God uh, are sometimes connected, but but I think it it is worth saying that thanking God is also a really important thing. Throughout this, this psalm, we, we see the word praise multiple times. Let all the peoples praise you. The Hebrew word for praise could very well be translated give thanks. You could read this, let all the peoples thank you. Let all the peoples thank you. So thanking God is at the heart of responding to his blessings. And so what I think that means is that both privately 
and publicly, God wants us to acknowledge that he's the one who gives us everything. He wants us, he likes to hear us say thank you. He knows where it comes from, but it's really good for us to acknowledge that we know where it comes from. God doesn't want us to keep his goodness to ourselves. He wants us to to acknowledge that when we get a promotion at work, that really comes from his hand. When we get the finances to repair our car, that comes from him. It's not just from our bank account. Without God, a bank account would be worthless. So the second thing I believe we can do is thank God. And the third one is more in line with the second purpose, and that's that I believe God wants us to respond to our blessings by stewarding our blessings for the salvation of the nations. Steward our blessings for the salvation of the nations. So here at Skillman, we actually partner with and financially support, I looked it up just to be sure to get the number right, 15 different missionary families around the world. 15 different people that have said, I'll spend my life making doing everything I can so that the gospel can go to the nations. 10% of every dime, dollar, check that hits that basket goes to missions as of right now. One-tenth of everything we give goes to our missions giving so that people can experience the salvation found only in Jesus. And some of our missionaries are still in the support-raising process. Maybe God is leading some of us to partner with them financially. Maybe God today is speaking to one of us, saying, you could create some room in your budget. You could give up cable, a couple lattes a month, to take the gospel across the world by supporting somebody who's doing that. This, this month I got this little note, I'm not going to read all of it, but... Uh, this is from Bob and Charla, Charla uh, Bueller, is that right? Okay. Um, they're, they're friends of ours, partners of ours, who actually live here locally out in Forney. And uh, just a couple things I wanted to point out. She said in this, in this note that she wrote to our church, she says, thanks so much for your generosity to us. May the Lord greatly bless you all. It means a lot to our folks that we support them. And it means a lot that we pray for them. And one of the ways you can pray for them, it says right here, it says, we appreciate your prayers as we have team, leading, team leader meetings in Honduras in early October. So that's like in the next couple weeks. So write that down on the back of your bulletin. Stuff this in your Bible. Let's pray for the Buellers as they train up other people to take the gospel around Spanish-speaking world, especially Honduras. But how else might God be calling us to steward our blessings for the salvation of the nations? Because our blessings, as we talked about, they're not just physical, it's not just our money, it's also spiritual, it's what God's done in our hearts, and it's also his grace. And it's, it's, it's the things that, that, uh, that he's done, what, sorry, I'm double I'm crossing wires here, uh, God himself, yeah, so it's also, also, his, also his grace and also God himself. How are we using and stewarding what God has blessed us with? Here's one. We are overly saturated, and I don't mean this as a bad way, we are overly saturated with theological training in this, this small church. 
those of us who have that, what are we doing with our theological training to make a difference in Africa, in Asia, in South America, in Russia, all around the world? What are we doing with our theological training so that the gospel will go forth? Those of us who may not have seminary training have other training. Those of us who may not have formal training have job experience. Doctors, lawyers, nurses, professionals, business owners, artists. How are we stewarding the things that God has given us, the abilities and the gifts and the passions, so that the nations might come to know and worship God and find salvation in Jesus? It's worth asking the question. Finally, moms and dads, how are we imparting God's passion to make worshipers from all nations to one of our biggest blessings, our kids? Are we being intentional on a at least weekly basis, if not daily, to talk with our kids about God's heart for the world? Are we reminding ourselves and teaching them that God really wants to see people from every tribe, tongue, and nation serve him and worship him? Regardless of the shape that it takes, God is calling us to steward our blessing for the salvation of the nations. You can get creative with it. There's a lot of freedom in how to do it, but it's non-negotiable that we do it. Finally, according to this verse, according to this passage, I believe that God is also calling us to ask him to bless us so people from all nations will be saved. To ask God to bless us so that people from all nations will be saved. Now, I want to I wanna just kind of talk some of you off the ledge. I'm not getting into health, wealth, prosperity. This isn't your best life now. That's not what I'm talking about. Notice that the psalmist is asking God to bless him, and the reason is for the nation. So he's actually doing what I'm telling us to do. He's praying that God will bless him so that the nations will be blessed. And it is entirely appropriate for us to seek God's blessings as long as we put them to use doing what he has promised to do, make worshipers of all nations. When we get in line with his mission for the world, it is entirely appropriate to ask God to bless us when that's the purpose. So the notice, the purpose is not, God, bless me so I can have more. The purpose of the prayer is, God, bless me so I can give more. So I can use these blessings, turn them loose, pass them down the pipeline, rather than just sit on them. What I believe is that God wants to bless those who will steward his blessings well. I believe that God is waiting to open up the heavens and dump, I mean, just completely over the top, pour out his resources, physical, spiritual, his presence on those who have said, my life, my mission is to join God in making worshipers of all nations. People who embrace what he is all about, he has zero Zero problem pouring out his blessings on them. The question is, will we see that God's blessings are really for this purpose, and will we use them for this purpose?
If so, we have every right. It is more than appropriate to ask God to bless us as long as we want to turn those things around so that people from all nations will be saved. So as a quick review, God blesses us, I would say, in three ways. He gives us his grace, he gives us his provision, and he gives us himself, his presence. And he gives us these things so that we will enjoy him, and he gives us these things so that people from all nations will be saved. What about you? Will you respond to God's blessings by enjoying him? Will you thank God for his blessings, physical, spiritual, and his presence? Will you steward your blessings so that people from all nations will be saved? And if you're, once you're doing that, will you ask God to bless you so that more people from every pocket of our globe will sing, there is salvation in no other name but Jesus. Let's pray.